Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. Or something like that. They're always there. So you can usually, you can usually find every single word. Like I noticed uh, in hers, her very last verse said, uh, the Israelites said to Moses, and then the, the quote was almost identical. Mine says, we will die. We are lost. We are all lost. And that's what you said, I think, exactly. And then it says, anyone who even comes near the tabernacle of Yahweh will die. Are we all going to die? So the, the ideas were very much the same, but sometimes it's useful to have a bit different words. Yeah. So the King James says, shall, be, shall we be consumed with dying, which is kind of a strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Verse 12. And the children of Israel spake unto Moshe, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. Yeah, so it's simply very similar. Anyway, so there's nothing wrong with reading it in several different versions. Just, you know, I just wanted to say all that. Abadnu is perished. I don't know what it is. Yeah, the Hebrew. Um, so you get the gist of what's going on. God basically says, okay, okay, look, we're going to decide this once and for all. All of you guys bring me a staff, the leaders of the tribes, the leader of each tribe bring a staff with his name on it, and we're going to put them in front of the uh, Ark of the Covenant overnight, and whenever we come back in, in the next morning, one of them will have budded. That's the one, the one whose staff that is, is the one that I've chosen to be the leader. John? Well, we've already had a showdown with Moses. Mm-hmm. And the ones who were challenging him, they're no longer with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so apparently, Yahweh was compelled to review who's the high, who's the the big Kahuna. Yeah, who's who's in charge of the tabernacle? Right. Now, who's in charge of the priesthood is really the question here. And this is, um, I mean, have we had? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Sure. Well, because you know now. It's interesting because they want to bring back the temple, but I don't even know if they actually have who is really the Kohanes. Mm-hmm. You know, you yep. know. I know what you're saying. You know what There's I'm saying. A, there, there is a school of thought, and there are quite a few people, I think, that are into this that think they have indeed found the real Levitical priesthood. Um, I, and they claim to have done it on some sort of a DNA marker. I have my doubts, but yeah. So they're going to risk their life with the possibility <laughs> of strange Good fire? Good point. Good point. But you know, more to your point, though, yeah. More to your point, though, is that uh, by the time of Yeshua, they had already lost that. Because in Yeshua's time, the priesthood was, certainly the high priest, was a, a governmental plum that the Romans gave away. If you, if you were well-connected enough and paid enough, mo- enough money, you could be the high priest. It had nothing to do with heredity at that point. So it had long since gone by the way- wayside. You can make a strong case that the last legitimate high priest was John the Baptist. John the Baptist had the right pedigree, if you will, from what we know, and he could very well have been the last high priest. But, of course, he certainly wasn't anywhere near the Levitical priesthood at that time. So if... If we say that Yeshua is our high priest and we're claiming to be of Israel and we're claiming to, to want to be able to, to draw near with our korban offering, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, have the, uh, the people that are trying to restore the temple, uh, they probably haven't given that much thought. I bet not. I'm sure not. So this is a Jewish-only thing? A Judah-only thing? Well, I don't know. I, what do you think? Well, actually, I started to write an article on this, and, my, and it was because of, uh, what's his name, when, and back in February, was bringing up something about this Temple Institute. And I said, I was thinking about asking him, 
No, not Frank. Uh, the Jewish, the Jewish guy, the tourist. What's his Old, name? Uh, Hanok Young. Hanok, yeah. yeah. Anyway, my my thought was, of course, I thought of it afterwards. I do too. I know how that goes. If you're going to build the 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 Temple Institute, are you going to also build the middle wall of separation yeah. to keep out the Gentiles? And that's interesting because I, I my argument is there, that having that wall there was perfectly fine. The the challenge is who's the Gentiles? If you claim to be from the house of Israel, are you going to prevent me from going in because I'm I'm redeemed Ephraimite? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good question. But think it through. They got yeah. to think this all think the way it, through. Think it all the way through. Yeah. Um, uh, his question, he said he rebuilt the temple. I have a patient in Facebook. Do I got a Hebrew church from Israel? But you know, they're asking all the people around the world to donate money for the reconstruction of the temple. It, it's about the reconstruction. It's not only for Jewish people. It's for people around the world mm -hmm. because they bring... Mm -hmm. The money for the reconstruction is I donated something. I'm not part of the reconstruction, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. But at this uh, reconstruction be the throne, the fall, the fall messiahs. I don't want to be part of the reconstruction. Mm -hmm. Because in, in Apocalypse or Revelation say, he descended the heaven with, with the, the new Jerusalem and the new Jerusalem bring the new temple. Mm -hmm. He said when he's coming, the Mount Sinai be cutting in a half. Mm -hmm. And this is because the, the Muslims now, they sealing the, the, the ways of the door where he's coming in. They close it, that one. And then Revelation saying the, the, um, the Sinai, I don't know, the Mount, the Mount be opening in half and he's coming then with his warrior to fight him. And he established the new Jerusalem in the ear. Mm -hmm. This is in a book of revelations. Yep. yep. Uh, and I say, when the people asking, oh, for the reconstruction of the temple and be so happy, I say, oh, no, I don't want to be part of that. Okay. Okay. On the other hand. You can finish chewing first. On the other hand, we don't want to... Um, Speak against the altar. Oh, here, here. I, you know, I, I don't claim to have all the answers on this. Um, I can only, we can, we're reading the Torah, and we have to realize that it was written for them. Okay, now it applies into the future. All of this stuff is prophetic. But it was, this was written to these guys back then for what they were dealing with. And the specific problem they were addressing is God had chosen the Levites. He'd specifically chosen Aaron and his sons to be the priests. And we're going to read in a minute. He gave the Levites to Aaron and his sons to do the work of the tabernacle. But things have changed. You know, not so much, um, let's see, how do I put it? It's not so much that God ordained the changes. It's that we screwed it up. Well, they changed because there was the firstborn. Mm -hmm. When the Romans, when the Romans were giving away that, the priesthood, yep. isn't there a term now? And and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but I, I'd, I'd heard it used. There's a, maybe in the Catholic faith, there's a term for that, when they're, um, oh gosh. It's not nepotism, is it? No, not nepotism. It's, it's like a, a oh, a phrase. Where they're like politically giving away that position, that yeah. religious position, yeah. and the, oh man, no, 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 no. It's it's more tied to the Pope now, but the, it was a priestly position. That's kind of politically given away versus, you know, Yah chooses them. Yeah. There was a term for that, and. Okay, we'll see if we can remember it. That's all right. Did you have something? Yeah, well. Well, you know, a lot of Jews even are saying that, speaking of the Pope, 
that because he went to the wall and took communion there, that that was the start of something really bad. Who I don't knows? know. Who, Who knows? knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't the, know. The last thing that. I'd like to do is sit up here and tell you this is exactly what all this means. Cause yeah, I sure because don't I don't have a clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. how I feel. Let's, why don't we move on and talk about the, the more Let's specific go on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask some specific questions about what we're doing. I mean, God did this. It's, he says exactly why he did it twice, actually. Um, verse 5. Our, my version says, the staff belonging to the, this is God talking, the staff belonging to the man I choose will sprout, and I will rid myself of this constant grumbling against you by the Israelites. Okay? In other words, from God's perspective, look, I'm going to settle this once and for all. The staff that sprouts, that's the guy's staff that I want to be leading the, the priesthood. Yeah. I love God's optimism. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it is. You, uh, uh, fleece, you said? Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, uh, uh, the... Well, like I say, you, I, we talked about this. The power of the spirit of rebellion must be very strong if you can watch the ground open up and swallow people and still not get it. So, uh, so but evidently they finally got it whenever the... I mean, if they... <laughs> If you gave, were given two choices, let's see, one of them was watch the ground open up and swallow a bunch of people, and the other one was some stick sprout leaves. I think I'd go with this one as the one that would get my attention, but that's not what happened, right? They were, they were fine with that one. That must have been a trick or something, but boy, this, this thing sprouting leaves and with nuts and stuff, that's, that's got to be God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, in the number five here, you say the men who, who we choose they don't need to be of the, of the line of the, the Levi. No, it, does, it doesn't say that. It says the man no, no, no. I choose. Yeah. Well, the man he, I choose. And who did he choose? He chose in this, in this whole, he chose uh, Aaron. Yes, he chose Aaron. That's the point. Yeah. He chose Aaron. The, now, Aaron the, is in the tribe of the Levites, but he's specific, a specific person. And so he made it real clear that the Levites and Aaron, it gets clearer here in and a minute. And Aaron said, he's saying his sons be the priests yep. for generations. Yep. Uh, when the Messiah coming, he need to be qualified to be a priest and at the same time to be a queen. He descending from the, the line the, the line of the uh, King David, but as he descended too for the line of Levites, because in the time they, they intermarried, uh, when Maria or, or, or Mariah, be chosen for the okay. board. He coming for the two lines. He be a priest and he will be a queen. That's that's true. Okay. So can I? Yes. Uh, obviously, Yahweh's taking picking Moses as his this his choice for the for the tribe of Levi. But the other twelve, Aaron, Aaron. picking Aaron. What did I say? Moses, Moses no Aaron. Right. Uh, the other twelve. The children of Israel get to pick them, or they've already been determined. I guess the kind of we already know who the princes are based yeah. on. Yeah, it said, uh, um, like verse get two, twelve stra staffs from them, one from the leader of each of their ancestral tribes. And that's probably already been established. Well, I yeah, think. and we can even go back no, and no, find that's them. Fine. Yeah, we can name them if we you know want who to. they are. Then. We know who they are. Okay, but anyway, this then theoretically put the whole thing to bed, right? Theoretically. So far, yeah, they, like, like John says, you've got to admire his optimism. And what did they do with uh, Aaron's staff? What did they do with the staffs, all 12 of them? They, it says right here what they did with it. You guys got to read this. They put, the, they put Moses' staff in Aaron's. The or Aaron's staff in the tabernacle, in the um, Ark of the Covenant, in, yep. and all the other staffs were in the Holy of Holies. No, they just in, gave them back. It says they gave them back. Oh, afterwards. Yeah, so they, they gave, here, your staff didn't sprout, so you can have back, okay? The only one that sprouted was Aaron's, and so Aaron's were going to put in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. so. They didn't give them back. Yeah, it does. I thought that was there to prove that they were, to show that they murmured. Nope. 
each man took his own staff. Verse 9, the end of verse 9. Uh, hold on. It's not important, but, I mean, you know, I, I always like to... We've got to get the story straight. Oh, I was, I was looking at verse 10. It says, and Yahweh said unto Moses, bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. Yeah. Okay. So it's only Aaron's rod that's the, the testimony... No, it says they gave the others back. The sentence before it says they gave the others back. Pat. I think it's interesting that he was told before it happened that the one who butted would be the one. But it's just like Yahweh to be extravagant and go way beyond just sprouting. Yeah. Not only did it... Um, but it budded and produced nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Which is obviously impossible. Yeah. You either have the blossom and you wait for the, you yeah. know. Yeah. But he. So he had all three things happening at the same time and on this stick. He's just, he's just re-emphasizing it all that yeah. much more that I want you to recognize this yeah. is who I chose. That's a good point. This, it also reminds me of a, a couple of chapters back, you know, when Moses was complaining because the people were complaining because they're tired of the man or whatever. And, uh, and he kind of whines to God. He says, you know, how can I feed these people? They want meat. Man, we haven't got enough meat here. We can't give them meat. And uh, God says, I'll, I'll take care of it. And Moses says something to the effect of, well, I don't know where we're going to get all that meat. And God says, well, is my arm too short? You know, so if he wants to put leaves, buds, and nuts on the same dead stick, boy, he can do it. Yep. You know, I just um, was thinking how the, the, when you look at the tribe of Levi, you know, Kohath was the, you know, right under Levi, and then mm -hmm. under Kohath was Amram, and um, Amram had Moses and Aaron and, and uh, Miriam. And so Kohath, was the grandfather of Aaron and Moses. And the Bible says that the sins of the father go down to the third and fourth generation. And so originally I was thinking, you know, how did it skip them? And then I read the verse, um, and, and the verse says it's to those who, who uh, love the father. It's, uh, it says this, I, I, the Lord, visit the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to a thousand of those who love me and keep my commandments. So, I mean, I was just thinking originally how um, the whole, all of Israel was probably thinking Kohath is, you know, is taboo and all the sons of Kohath are taboo and they're all evil. You know, Moses and Aaron are evil and they're probably all turning against all of the, you know, all the sons of Kohath. And then, um, and then Yahweh said, no, the one that I choose. They're the, they're the is, ones of the thousand generations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, he really just, you know, set their minds straight yeah. that, um, you know, when he, when he just yep. emulated Aaron as the leader, I thought that was really cool. Yep, that's good. <clears throat> well, it gets more um, succinct, if you will, more pointed as we move through chapter 18. So you want to go on? Well, I, go ahead. John. What's this? Is there, can we do any, uh, under, looking into the sim symbolism? Of that's the, fine. That's always a good idea. Well, I don't have one. I just wanted to bring <laughs> what, it up. Are you... <laughs> I could make something <laughs> up. You give me a minute. Well, um, is the is the almond bud on the uh, menorah? Yeah, it talks about in the construction of the menorah. It talked about uh, you know there's these little kind of knots periodically along the branches, and those <clears throat> knots I understood were supposed to be buds. Well, I guess the big symbolism is one produced life. There you go. Yeah, Yahweh's the God of life. Okay. This is what I chose. That's fair. That that, that this is a a highly appropriate sign for him to use. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So, so I was just thinking about the almonds. The almonds are the eyes to see, and the almonds are for those that watch, like you said. Mm -hmm. And the watchman, you know, I think about this scripture of the watchman on the wall, you mm -hmm. know, and, um, and uh, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman her, and her husband was a watchman mm -hmm. on the wall, which is an elder or a prophet or an apostolic position. So, um those that have eyes to see are, um, I believe, you know, elders, apostolic, prophetic people. Okay. So that, it's a spiritual, it's yep. a spiritual thing, you know. That's a good idea. That, it's that, not that just fits. physical. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and you know, that's what the priesthood is supposed to be, right? The spiritual leadership, yeah. Okay, chapter 18. Hi, Alfonso. Um, would somebody like to read just the first part of chapter 18 through verse 7? Pat will read verses 1 through 7. The Lord said unto Aaron, You, your sons, and your household will bear the guilt of offenses connected with the sanctuary. You and your sons will bear the guilt of offenses connected with your priesthood. Bring with you your brothers from the tribe of Levi, your father's tribe, so that they can assist you and serve you and your sons before the covenant tent. They will perform their duties for you and the service for the entire tent, but they will not approach the holy equipment of the sanctuary or the altar, lest both they and you die. They will assist you and they will perform the duties of the meeting tent with regard to all the work of the tent, but no outsider may accompany you. You will perform the duties of the sanctuary and the altar. Then there will be no longer any anger against the Israelites. I have taken your brothers, the Levites, from the Israelites. They are a gift to you, dedicated to the Lord to perform the service of the meeting tent. You and your sons must perform the duties of your priesthood for all the matters of the altar and the area behind the curtain. I give you your priestly service as a gift, but an outsider who approaches will die. Okay, this is a pretty important little section here, believe it or not. Um, who is God speaking to in this little section? Aaron, that's, that's the most important thing, right? Um, what are his and his family's responsibility? To, to, Guard the sanctuary. to bear the offenses of the sanctuary. You and your sons alone are to bear the responsibility for offenses against the priesthood. So if an Ephraimite wanders in there, well, that's for sure. But it's, if, if an Ephraimite should wander in there, pst, you know, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, but it's even but, more but, than that. It's, but it's, it's on, the, it's, the blame is on Aaron for allowing that to happen. Yep, yep. This is the, so what's his punishment? Well, we're going to get to that in okay. a minute. But this is, the, uh, this is basically the buck stops here clause, okay? Uh, it basically says, Aaron, you and your sons are responsible for everything that goes on with this thing. The, the roebuck? You mean like the... Yeah, Sears roebuck, right. No, I meant like an altar, a sacrifice. I find it interesting that they say, shall bear the iniquity of the, you know, because what did Yeshua do? Yep. Exactly. Yep. He bore our iniquity. Yep, but good on you. See, there's some symbolism. <laughs> That's good. Um, so so he's, he's narrowing who's responsible. He's... What would happen if they neglected the responsibilities, as it says here? Well, they would die. Yeah, they die. And, and not only that, it says they, would um, die, they die are responsible it. to you and to perform all the duties of the tent, but they, who's the they? Okay, number two, verse two. Bring your fellow Levites from your ancestral tribe to join you and assist you when you and your sons minister before the tent of testimony. They are to be responsible to you and are to perform all the duties of the tent, but they must not go near the furnishings of the sanctuary or the altar, or both they and you will die. And you. And you, is what it says. So the but, point but is... Aaron could... Well, here's my question. Is this changed from... Is this new stuff? Is no, this new information? No, nope, nope. this is not new information. This is not new information. But what is, the point is, is... I think maybe this is directed pretty much directly at Korah, okay? Because what he's basically saying, he well, says... He's, he's no longer with us. I know, but Korah was a Levite. And Korah said, what makes you so special, Aaron? You mean the Korahites or whatever? Yeah, no, this... Korah himself. He was saying, I can do this. Right. And what God says here is, no, you can't. I picked Aaron and his sons to do this. 
But he's and, dead. He's not, he's not obviously... Okay, the point I'm trying to make is he's... In case there was a, mis, uh, a mistaken understanding in Cora's mind, this fixes it. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Of course he's dead. I understand that, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. For those of you that might think Corin, Cora had a good idea there, let me tell you why he didn't. That's kind of what this is. Well, saying. there were some Cora, Coraites that lived. Yep. So I think that was a message to them too. Good point. That's a good point. Um, so the other thing, I guess the thing I, I think is important here is that God lays the responsibility clearly on Aaron and his sons. And then he says in this second paragraph down there, starting in verse 5, that he gave the Levites two gifts. What are the two gifts that he gave the Levites? The priest or the Levites? The Levites. I'm sorry, the priests. Excuse me. You're exactly right. He gave them the He's Levites. He's talking to Aaron. He says, I gave to Aaron two gifts. The Levites. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. The two gifts, the duties of the altar and the duties of the sanctuary. The two gifts. Okay, would you say them again? Uh, he say, uh, you shall attend the duties of the sanctuary and the duties of the altar. Okay. There is the most, be the more, oh. Okay. Let, up in their children or Israel. It's the two duties. Nobody else do that. Well, that's right. That's what he said. But verse 6 says, I myself have selected your fellow Levites from among the Israelites as a gift to you, dedicated to Yahweh to do the work of the tent of meeting. But only you and your sons may serve as priests. But the rest of the Levites, everybody in the tribe of Levi other than you and your sons, work for you. And their job is to help you do what your job is. They're your staff. Yeah. So can I go back to... Exactly. That's exactly Can I go back to three where it says, and Aaron, you, you will die also? So yes. if, the, if one of these descendants of Korites or someone who wanted to do what the Korite had done in the past, Aaron could literally chop their head off and kill them as an order of self-defense. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. Right? That's a good way to put that. <laughs> he, he's very motivated not to allow that to happen because yep. he himself will die. Yep, yep. But it, it shows him how how serious the responsibility is that God is giving him. Well, maybe, that's, maybe that was part of the problem, that, that Aaron yeah. and Moses were just like, well, let's hit the deck, instead of, no, let's do something about this now. You could be right. You could be right. Who is next? Whatever. Well, um, when you look up the, the word um, witness, I think it was, well, their, their job was to be the eye of the, of the door. So it's the eye-in and the dalet. That was their, their job to watch the door. So okay. they're the, the doorkeepers yep. more than a, but, a butler. With respect to the two gifts, it's just say it's the duty of the... Oh, I still with the thing. It's the priesthood for everything and the altar and behind the veil. The veil. Where is behind the veil? It's the, the sanctuary. You know? Uh, because yeah. is the veil there? Yeah. Is nobody get inside the sanctuary with the ark? Is there yeah, is? Yeah. That's that's what their job. They're, nobody could go in there but them. Yeah. So Phineas took this to heart. Yes. I mean, is that fair? You he, bet it's fair. I'm not going to go f figure out if you know. There's no. Is there a due process we need to go? No. I'm taking these guys out now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have another symbolism thing. You know, because only Yeshua entered into the holiest place. I mean, he, we say that we enter in through the blood, but, but the truth is he's the one that's standing in the real tabernacle, and he's the one ministering. We are not doing that. Only he can enter. I, I agree with you. Well, whether you agree or not, that's, you know, I'm just saying it, it's, that we can, we enter spiritually. We have a spiritual connection to him, but he is the high priest that's in the middle. There is no other intercessor for yeah. us. I, I, I don't, you know, we can argue about this, but I, I think the truth of the matter is the reason I tend to be on your side with that is I think one of the things we do, and we've learned this through the teachings of the Christian church, is we kind of view ourselves as, all of this is kind of informal. Like we can always go in and 
you know, and say, hey, Dad, how's it going anytime we want to. And, and while that's true to a certain degree, it takes away from the awesomeness and the difference, the, the, you know, the holiness, the, you know, the majesty of God. And I think, I think there needs to be a balance there. He, he probably wants us to have that kind of a relationship. I'm sure he does. But I think the familiarity uh, says that we don't have a proper understanding of spiritual cleanliness, among other things. You know, and so um, I don't mind the fact that Yeshua is the one that does that. You know, because uh, if it weren't for him, I'd be like, I'd be like one of these 250 guys with their sensors. You know, my, my idea about the tabernacle that's being built in these last days is that's for the Jews. It's not for, it's not for the Ephraimites, and it's, it's not for us. I, don't, I mean, my, this is my personal belief. Mm -hmm. um, you can disagree. That's fine. But um, I believe that the tabernacle is within us because what Yeshua did on the cross is he tore the veil. And so he tore the veil from not just the... the um, holy place but the holy of holies mm -hmm. so he tore the veil that went entered into the holy of holies so now and he rent it from from this you know the sky down mm -hmm. knowing that that was not man but yahweh did that himself mm -hmm. so we can now enter in right you know and i agree with you lisa through our high priest yeshua so the the holy of holies is within us and when we believe in yeshua we can, he enters, we can enter into that Holy of Holies when we go through the same process that they had to go through in the, in the tabernacle and go into the altar and, you know, and, and sacrifice our, you know, our, our sins, put them before the altar and go to the laver and wash our sins um, in the laver and go to the menorah and, and uh, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to be ignited in us mm -hmm. and go to the, um, the, the table of, of showbread and eat the bread of of Yeshua's body mm -hmm. and drink his blood, the wine, and go to the prayer of incense. And we can do all of that in our own heart. Mm -hmm. And when we do, we can enter into the Holy of Holies, mm -hmm. into that intimate place with Yahweh. And in, when we're in, in that intimate place with him, we listen and he speaks to us. Mm -hmm. And that's how we get into the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with anything you said. Yep, I think, I think that's true. Physically, we are not in the tabernacle with him. That he entered in by his body. He was bodily resurrected, and he is bodily there. We are not. And, and well, anything we have, we have because he's entered into there. So that was my point. It wasn't okay. that we can't have fellowship with him, that we can't have, you know, all of the gifts. Yep. It's, you know. Moving right along. <laughs> That's my favorite statement. You know, I understand both of these are right. So, um, the rest of chapter 18. Would someone like to read chapter 18 from verse 8 to the end of it? Aha, Alfonso. In order to make John walk, Alfonso would like to read that. And Yahweh spoke to Aaron, and see, I myself have also given you the charge of my contributions, all the Kodesh gifts of the children of Israel. I have given them to you for the anointing and to your sons as a law forever. This is yours of the most Kodesh gifts from the fire, all their offerings, all their grain offerings, and all their sin offerings, and all their guilt offerings, which they render to me, are most Kodesh for you and your sons. Eat it in the most Kodesh place. Every male eats it. It is Kodesh to you. This also is yours, the contribution of their gift. With all the wave offerings of the children of Israel, I have given them to you and your sons and daughters with you as a law forever. Everyone who is clean in your house eats it. All the best of the oil and all the best of the new wine and the grain. Their first fruits which they give to Yahuwah, I have given them to you. The first fruits of all that is in their land which they bring to Yahuwah are yours. Everyone who is clean in your house eats it. All that is dedicated in Yisrael is yours. 
everyone opening a womb of all flesh, which they bring to Yahuwah, whether man or beast is yours. But the firstborn of man you shall certainly ransom, and the firstborn of the unclean beast you ransom. And ransom their ransomed ones when one month old, according to your valuation, five shekels of silver, according to the shekel of the Kodesh place, which is 20 garaz. But the firstborn of a cow, or the firstborn of a sheep, or the firstborn of a goat, you do not ransom. They are Kodesh. Sprinkle their blood on the altar and burn their fat as an offering made by fire for a sweet fragrance to Yahuwah. And their flesh is yours as the wave breast and as the right thigh, it is yours. All the contributions of the Kodesh gifts which the children of Israel present to Yahuwah, I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as a law forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before Yahuwah with you and your seed with you. And Yahuwah said to Aaron, you are not to have an inheritance in their land, nor have any portion in their midst. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. And see, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes of Israel as an inheritance in return for the service which they are serving, the service of the tent of appointment. And let the children of Israel no more come near the tent of appointment, lest they bear sin and die. Because the Levites shall do the service of the tent of appointment, so they themselves bear their wickedness, a law forever throughout your generations, that among the children of Israel they are to have no inheritance. But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they present as a contribution to Yahuwah, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. That is why I have said to them, among the children of Israel, they have no inheritance. And Yahuwah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the Levites and say to them, When you take from the children of Israel the tithes which I have given you from them as your inheritance, then you shall present a contribution of it to Yahuwah, a tenth of the tithe. And your contribution shall be reckoned to you as grain from the threshing floor and as filling from the winepress. Thus you also present a contribution unto Yahuwah from all your tithes which you receive from the children of Israel, And you shall give from it the contribution to Yahuwah to Aaron the Kohen. From all your gifts you present every contribution due to Yahuwah. From all the best of them, Kodesh part of them. And you shall say to them, when you have presented the best of it, then the rest shall be reckoned to the Levites as the yield of the threshing floor and as the yield of the winepress. And you shall eat it in any place, you and your household, for it is your reward for your service in the tent of appointment. And bear no sin because of it, when you have presented the best of it, and do not profane the Kodesh gifts of the children of Israel, lest you die. <laughs> I like the lest you die. Yep, yep. This is actually a pretty intricate portion here, and it's... Um, it's pretty interesting. Well, I think we'll find. Um, so the first part of it talks about um, um, who he's talking to Aaron, right? So and, and you can kind of see this from now on. God basically talks to Aaron, says, here's the way you're supposed to run all this. So for Aaron, um, what, what do they get? What, what, is the, what, what parts of the offerings do they get? Aaron and his family. Right. Beg your pardon? Right shoulder. Yep. The right shoulder. Yeah, the breast and the, the right thigh. And they, uh, um, so of the sin offering and the guilt offering and the, the other one, I forgot. Yep. Yeah, all those, the, those offerings that are presented to God. Uh, Aaron and his sons get their prescribed part of that. The rest of it gets burned up for God. Yes. Uh, what was the wave offering anyway? The wave offering, it's the, it's the waving of the offering. It's not really a separate offering. There's five offerings, and the wave offering is not one. It's, it's whatever they take the breast that they're given before Yahweh, they wave it. What? What's the sheath? The bread, isn't the bread offering? Oh, well, for the grain offering, yeah. The grain mm -hmm. offering. 
Yeah, they, they, they waived everything. But, yeah, they did. You're right. They waved the Levites. But I guess the point I'm trying to get at, this first, this first little paragraph tells Aaron that he and his sons get this. Of the offerings that are made to Yahweh, this is your part. And these are for you to eat. You're to eat them. Some of them, uh, you're to eat. You're, you and your sons eat them when you're ceremonially clean in a holy place. Yes. The reason that Yeshua said not to touch him was because he hadn't gone and presented the wave offering to the Father in the, the morning that they found him. You know, and, and he had to go first and present the wave offering to the Father. Okay. So in verse 12, it goes on, it talks about, I give you all the finest olive oil and the finest new wine. Those are things that are brought, that the, the Israelites bring as offerings to God. Everyone in your household is, who is ceremonially clean may eat it. Everything in Israel that is devoted to Yahweh is yours. Now that term devoted, I've got a little footnote by mine. Maybe you have something else. That's different than offered. This is, this is the thing that's given typically to be destroyed. Okay? So uh, it's, we read about that in the very last of the book of Leviticus. It what talks about... What verse is this? I beg your pardon? What verse? It's verse 14. Um, the very last part of Leviticus talks about items that are given wholly to God. And those items that are uh, devoted to Him, they're to be His. And what happens with those is you can redeem them. Okay? Um, so, for example, it goes on in verse 15. It says, The first offspring of every womb, both man and animal, is offered to Yahweh. It's yours, but you must redeem every firstborn son and every firstborn male of all the animals. Again, this is explained in the last chapter of Leviticus. So what you're doing, what the offerer is doing, is, is he's saying, I give this to God. And God literally can take it, but he's allowed them to be redeemed so that um, you can buy them back. Somebody could buy them back, okay? If you read carefully here, men are redeemed, people are redeemed, and unclean animals are redeemed. Clean animals are not redeemed. Clean animals are offered as sacrifices. Okay? And this is done for the first, the first uh, opening of the womb. So this, this tells you what happens to them. Now, the reason this is important is because the Aaron and his sons are going to need some money to run the temple, to run the tabernacle. And they get the money by allowing these items that are devoted to God to be redeemed. That's how they get their money. It even tells them how much they get here, right? Redemption price is five shekels of silver, which is not much, okay? But that's what, that's, that's what allows them to have the finances they need to run the, the tabernacle. Now, this is all still Aaron. Yes? Uh, and they say here they have a, a, a month for be redeeming. They have a what? A, a one month. Uh, they say all the redeeming to the body team you should redeem. Where are, when you, where are you reading? One month. Asking about the first things. Be redeeming. Oh, when they're a month old. Oh, when they're a month old. Yeah. And I remember now somebody told me when childs or childs born, they put in the newspaper uh, families coming and so they announce them for a month in the newspaper. Yeah. If okay. you don't redeem it, be part of the government. I learning lay, later that because in the social security number, in the battle battle part, they have a very teeny letters. The number of social security number they give it to us, they say you property of the Bank of Virginia. We are property of the Bank of Virginia. I start investigating where is that. And the Bank of Virginia is in Canada, and the owner of the Bank of Virginia is the Queen Elizabeth. You know, uh, I'm talking about redeeming. Uh, and the oldest time, they redeeming for 20, 20 seconds, say here. But uh, we ignoring this when our child born, we be a slave for the government. And we don't redeem our child. I'm learning very late that. Mm, that's interesting. Um, so if I understood yes. that, you're saying that through the birth certificate process, you have the option of redeeming, of announcing that you're redeeming 
the child away from Social Security. I think I, that's what that I doesn't have anything to do with what we're doing here, though. I mean, that may be, but it's just an interesting coincidence because this is talking about stuff that went on in the tabernacle. Yeah, but I wanted uh, but it's to this, say okay. Yeah. That's similar to that. Okay. I don't doubt you. I mean, you know, it's just a, a rabbit hole I don't particularly want to go down right now. I, I've never heard that, but it sounds awfully interesting to me. <laughs> I, I bet it is. <laughs> Let me move on, okay? <laughs> anyway, I, we talked about things that are devoted to the Lord and how, and how those are used by Aaron and his sons. Um, it talks also, you must not redeem the firstborn of an ox, a sheep, or a goat, because those need to be sacrificed, okay? The meat is yours, just as it is the, the wave offering that we've talked about. Um, anyway, the point I wanted to make all about that is that is all things that God has given to Aaron and his sons for their livelihood. It's how they can make some money, and it's how they can get some food. Okay, these are things that Aaron and his sons get. And then in verse 20, well, in verse 20 he says, uh, Yahweh said to Aaron, you'll have no inheritance in the land, nor will you have any share among them. I am your share and your inheritance among the Israelites. In other words, this is what you get. You don't go out there and start uh, farming. Okay? But then in verse 21, there's a difference. Verse 21 starts and says, I give to the Levites all the tithes in Israel as their inheritance in return for the work they do while serving in the tent of meeting. So this is everybody but Aaron and his sons. So this is how the rest of the Levites get their income. Now, from where do the rest of the Levites get their income? From the tithes and offerings of Israel. When do the tithes and offerings of Israel typically get brought in? Sukkot. Sukkot. Okay. So when, when you bring in your tithe at Sukkot, all of that grain and wine and goats and sheep and whatever, uh, or money, all of that stuff gets divided amongst the Levites. So yeah, that's their April 15th. That, well, Sukkot. that's their April 15th. It's, it's payday. It's their annual payday, if you will. It's whatever. I mean, I don't, know. I don't know for sure, but typically it was Sukkot that that happened. Well, it makes sense because the harvest is all done. And yeah. all, all the things that you've reaped, mm -hmm. you know, yep. will, will have happened by that. Yep. Tanya? And, like, I'm going to say the wrong offering. Just, That's okay. You know, but the one where you come in and you, uh, uh, like, you bring that offering and then you feast with your friends, too. And yep. I mean, so those were still coming in. Yes, yes. Those specifically were, aren't mentioned. Because those were typically shared. You're right. Those are called peace offerings or fellowship offerings. Yeah. Okay. So this is separate of the yeah, peace Yeah, these are the ones that are required. Offerings. This is... Okay. These are the required offerings. That was a good catch. Don't come to Yahweh empty-handed. Is that well, what he's referring? That's what that says. But it goes on. The thing is interesting. Yes. When you have Sukkot, you, you have to bring something. Yeah, that's right. Don't come empty-handed. Like I say, typically, as a matter of fact, we'll find in Deuteronomy where it, one of my favorite verses, where it says, uh, if God has so blessed you during the year that your uh, increase is so large that you can't get it all to Jerusalem for Sukkot, then you can sell it and take the money to Jerusalem. And when you get to Jerusalem, spend the money. Okay? So he's serious about this. But let me go on and, and show what else it is. So the Levites get the tithe from all the Israelites. But it says that um, from now on the Israelites must not go to the tent of meeting or they will bear the consequences of their sin and die. In other words, they don't present their tithes at the tent of meeting. They present their tithes to the Levites. And the Levites do it. Okay. It is the Levites who are to do the work of the tent of meeting, a bare responsibility. So this is a lasting ordinance, blah, blah, blah. Yes. They are the money exchangers. Yep. There's yep. nothing wrong with that, with that concept. No. Even though Yeshua did what he did, yeah. 
that what they were doing technically was not. It, how they did it, why they were doing it, when they were doing it, and who else was doing it may have been an, another issue. But when they were doing it, who else was doing it, and I got the impression, although I don't have proof, they were probably cheating people a little. Well, I, my understanding is they were cheating God because they were getting, they were doing it on Shabbat, and they shouldn't have been. They should have been closed Fair. on Shabbat, and they had Shabbat Goyim doing it for them. Okay, let me go on verse 25. It says, Yahweh said to Moses, "Speak to the Levites and say to them, when you receive from the Israelites the tithe that I give you as your inheritance, you must present a tenth of that tithe as Yahweh's offering." Everybody pays taxes. Everybody pays a tenth. Right? So the Levites get a tenth of the Israelites' tenth. I'm sorry. The Levites get a tenth of all that the Israelites' increase was. And then they take that. They take their portion of that. And they take a tenth. And that tenth they give to God. Basically, they give it to Aaron. Okay? So all of that's in that section. I thought that was kind of interesting. What do you think? I agree. Okay. It says verse 36. So if I'm in that system, I only want to be in that system. I don't want to be in any other system. No kidding. I only no want kidding. to pay taxes once. I wonder if we can write the IRS and tell them that. <laughs> remove, me from, remove me from your mailing list. Yep, remove me. Verse 30 says, Say to the Levites, when you present the best part of it, it will be reckoned to you as the product of the threshing floor or the wine press. This is talking to the Levites. When you present the best part of the tithe that was given to you by the Israelites, then God recognizes it as the best part. Uh, you know, he recognizes it as your best part. Uh, you and your households may eat the rest of it anywhere, for it is your wages for the work of the tent, at the tent of meeting. By presenting the best part of it, you will not be guilty in this matter, and then you will not defile the holy offerings of the Israelites, and to quote uh, Alfonso, and you will not die. You will not die. You will not die. So, <clears throat> if you have 12 people taking a tenth of what they got into one bucket, and then you took... This is a math problem, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 the Levites, which are one-twelfth the size, are getting... I think I had this conversation with you before, but it seems to me that Levites get a little bit more. They might. Because there's 12 people putting into one bucket. And they get a tenth of that bucket. No, 12 people are putting a tenth of what they have into one bucket, and then they get that. that they get that whole bucket. Right. And they have to take a tenth out and give it to God, but that's still okay. But that's, that gives them an extra tenth. Other, than the, other than the fact that we're not dealing with the common denominators properly, that's essentially right. Well, I don't know the dollar-shekel conversion ratio either. Okay. All right. That's, uh, I, I, I don't know why things like that are interesting to me, but I find that, that chapter fascinating because it shows how the Levites get paid, how the priests get paid, what they get paid, you know, how it's, it's, it's very detailed. It's reasonable, too. I mean, oh, because yeah. if you don't have that, there's, it's not reasonable for the Levites to be able to do their job. Uh, you know, everybody's everybody gets everybody is worthy of their hire, and this is just another job. It's an important job, but it's just another job. They need to get hired just like everybody else does. They need to pay taxes just like everybody else does. We're all in this together. Yep. We just have different roles. Yep. Now God does a couple of times in here. He reinforces the fact that you know, uh, uh, I am your your inheritance. I am your portion. You didn't get land, but you got me. So he reinforces the fact that they're special, right? But he also has made it very clear that they're not destitute. They're not, they're not, they're not uh, what do I want, completely dependent upon the internally generated generosity of other people, right? It, it <laughs> says here that, you know, they can expect this. And it, it's very clear what they can expect. Uh, um, I, the, the answer for this uh, question is, they depending on the people they give the the first fruits, the firstborn, and everything they do generations by generations, because it's only one tribe don't receive portion of land. 
because they serving to the Lord and they receive it. The people growing up, the grains, the things, the offerings, the first offerings, and the, it's the 10%, everything is given to the temple is for them and for the whole Levi tribe. Yeah. Because all ones, the special uh, son are the Aaron sons, they were in the tabernacle, but the others, uh, relatives like a Moses child and another child serv serving around because someone picked up the, the, the wood to burn, mm -hmm. the oil to another thing. It's, yeah. it's a lot of people working inside. Sure, sure. But are all living for the offering. Yep, yep. But that, and like I say, the answer to things like oil and stuff like that, or I don't know, maybe they needed a new, a new fence or something. That's, that's the, uh, the, the uh, items that are given devoted is the word it used, devoted to God that they can redeem. So, uh, so the, the priesthood, if you will, was in the business of allowing, of selling stuff that was given to God so that they could have money in order to carry out the, the work that they needed to do. So it, it's all handled here. Yeah. You got to say something, John? Okay. Well, I was Hold here on. practicing. Go ahead, Janice, please. Oh, I just, that is a picture in my mind of the Acts, um, the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. you, you know, how everyone brought everything to the, um, to the, to the high priest or yep. the, to, uh, to, to the storehouse, and they divided it up. And that's also, you know, what they do in the kibbutzes today, you know, the same type of living. So I yep. think... That's a, you know, what, what's being depicted in this chapter 17 is kingdom strategies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very practical. It, it you know, it lays out in great detail how this works. And I, I find it fascinating because, um, you know, a lot of times you just kind of overlook details like that. And, and you say to yourself, even though you may not say it consciously, well, I guess they figured some way to do this. But this tells you how they did it. I think it's pretty cool. I stayed here and practiced all afternoon so I could finish right on time, and it didn't work. I'm five minutes early. So we're at the end of a portion. So I don't, I don't, uh, next week we start the, the red heifer thing, and that's quite a, quite a discussion. And so I'd rather not start it at five minutes before we're supposed to be done. But let's see, what else? First of all, if there's any comments or discussions, Margaret, just a second. Who knows what about covenant of salt? Oh, 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 that's a good point. Salt covenant. I'm glad. See, now we got something to talk about for another five minutes. Margaret saved the day. She okay. killed. Okay, covenant of salt. I have something about that. But does anybody know anything about it? I got, I have a couple of references. So salt is used to preserve. Salt is used to preserve. Um, why don't we look at the references and see if we can deduce anything from that? Uh, one of them is in Exodus chapter 30. Let's go over to Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30, starting in verse 34. Let me put on my glasses. Want me to read? Yeah, you can read it if you want. And Yahweh said unto Moshe, Take unto thee sweet spices, stacked, and onyaka, onyaka, galbanum, these sweet spices with pure frankincense of each shall there be uh, a like weight, and thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. And thou shalt beat some of it very small and put, it, put of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy. I'm looking for salt. 37. Okay, you didn't find the word salt yet, did you? No. Well, uh, I have it, but it's not really used the way I thought it was used. It says, um, verse 35, and make a fragrant blend of incense, the work of a perfumer. It is to be salted and pure and sacred. Whoa. Beg your pardon? Tempered. 
Temper is uh, the King James. Uh, Exodus chapter 30, verse 34, 35, 36. I don't know that that even fits, really. Sometimes I wonder how I do things. But there's a better one. Did you word? Okay, since that one doesn't make a lot of sense, why don't you go with me to Leviticus chapter 2. Leviticus chapter 2. Okay, yeah, this is talking about the grain offering. Leviticus chapter 2. Leviticus chapter 2, we're going to go down to verse 14. If you bring a grain offering of first fruits to Yahweh, offer crushed heads of new grain roasted in the fire. Put oil and incense on it. It is a grain offering. The priest shall burn the memorial portion. Oh, I went in the wrong spot. Go in verse 12. But 13, but I wanted to get some context for it. Leviticus chapter 2. Leviticus chapter 2, Lisa. Starting in verse, I'm going to start in verse 11. Do you mind? Oh, jeez. <laughs> i got to make it the last five minutes. So, okay. Verse 11. Every grain offering you bring to Yahweh must be made without yeast, for you are not to burn any yeast or honey in an offering made before Yahweh by fire. You may bring them to Yahweh as an offering of the first fruits, but they are not to be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma. Season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of your grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. Okay, that's really the best, best. There's not much more about it than this. But the tradition. So this is interesting. That's where we just were. Um, I was just going to say salt is permanence is what you said. It's uh it signifies the permanence of these things, the forever nature. Well, I, I was looking at Go ahead. Melach is the Hebrew word, which is very close to like the king and Melech the king. And Mem, it may be a kaf or something that's for the king, but Mem, Lamed, Ket. Okay. We got some. Well, that could be why. Yeshua said if the salt loses its flavor, mm -hmm. it's not any good anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not even good to be thrown. It's only good to be thrown in the fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's, salt scary. has got some unique properties. I think the permanence is the one that I keep coming back to on it. It's a permanent thing. You know, the salt be used when the child's born, they clean it up with the salt. We do, I, I don't know now the, the birth uh, when... Is uh, Lord make the the thing when he find Jerusalem? He say you be abandoned in the desert. You have a your umbilical cord in the placenta and something that, and I clean you with the salt and I let you to eat to grow with the honey and milk. They use when the child born to clean with the salt. Okay. Salt is be used in many things. Yeah, salt was... clean it and it's and, and it's one of the things. For make the incense. Yes, they, we, we saw it in yeah, incense. Yeah, they put a salt in yeah. that salted because it's a part of the the flavor. Okay. They give it the flavor. Mm -hmm. But a salt is using for for offering mm -hmm. and for cleaning the people. They clean Cleaning, it it's, when also, they burn. it's also used for preserving. Salt, yes. Right? Yeah. I remember is when I'm child, when they fishing, and I, I grow up, my grandma cut the fish, and they put a lot of salt. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they put in the, they call Tapesco, a, a, a wrong, the native people use it. Yep. And when they cook in the, the smoke go mm -hmm. to but, preserve the food is with the salt. Yeah, but there's obviously some tradition in the Bible about a salt covenant. Um, and not a lot. I think we've looked at all the references to salt covenants right now. Um, but like I say, I think it's got more to do with permanence and perhaps preservation. John? Well, so we, we went over the salt part. Now we've got to go over the covenant part. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's a contract. It's a covenant. It's, yes. a, it's an agreement. It's, and I'm just stretching here maybe. But mm -hmm. if, he, if you have a covenant of peace with the Melech, your king, 
you're not at war with him. You're, you're at peace. You're at shalom. I mean, it wasn't really the, the covenant of peace had to do with, with, I'm sorry, the covenant of salt, I thought it had to do with the covenant of peace as I well. Think, I think you're probably right, yeah. Mark 9.50. Great, great, thank you. Thanks. Okay. We can put all of that together and get some kind of picture, but it'd probably be good to go off and do some more research. I obviously didn't come prepared to talk about it too much. So as John was saying, Mark 9.50 says, Salt is good, but if the salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Okay, there's your peace thing again, yeah. Okay. I think we'll call it quits if you guys don't have anything else. I'm always amazed. I never know what to expect. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Let me, let me pray. Did you have something, John? Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Father God, thank you for the evening. Thank you for your Torah. Thank you for the things that you've shown us. Thank you for the discussions we've had. Help us to go off and think about these things. We know there's, uh, there's so much we don't understand, but we... Uh, we just thank you for teaching us. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for uh, loving us. And I, Father God, I just thank you that you've promised to uh, bless those who diligently seek you. And that's what we're doing. Keep us safe until we meet together again next week. In Yeshua's name, amen. Thank you. I'm sorry about the uh, warm temperature in here. Thank you, Jerry. We're working on the air conditioners. Anyway, good night.